Welcome to the Community Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Deb Shell. On this podcast, I share conversations with leaders of purpose-driven, private-paid online communities that bring together like-minded members for transformation to better their life, career, relationships, and well-being. As a community strategist, I help entrepreneurs build, launch, and grow online paid communities on Mighty Networks. And to learn more about working with me, please visit my website, findcalmhere.com. That's F-I-N-D-C-A-L-M-H-E-R-E.com. I help entrepreneurs find calm in the process of launching an online community. So uh, check that out, please. I want to ask you, do you have a strategy question that you are struggling with, something, a challenge? Uh, If you do, I want to start answering some questions uh, through uh, the podcast. Uh, It's a new thing I want to try. So please shoot me an email at deb at findcalmhere.com. And I will uh, review any questions I get in the next episode. I will add a answer section for any questions that I do get once I get some. So send an email to deb at findcalmhere.com. And I hope you enjoy this episode. I am excited to have today as a guest, Alex Sanfilippo. Is it Filippo? There you go. That's it. Uh, He is an awesome podcaster. He is somebody I met through Mighty Networks in his pod pros uh, community. And I'm excited to have him here today. So welcome, Alex, to the Community Strategy Podcast. Deb, thank you so much for having me and for saying my last name right. That is very, very rare. I, I usually just let it slide, but you said it correctly, so I had to just jump in there. That's great. I'm so happy to be here, though. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you're up to in the podcasting world. Yeah, sure. So I have a background in aerospace. So um, I should give a disclaimer here. I wasn't an astronaut. I wasn't a skydiver. And I wasn't a fighter pilot because everyone assumes it's one of those things. I sat behind a computer. I ran a commercial operations division, which just means basically... I just kept things moving for other people. Love that career. But after about 15 years, it was time to move into something else. And during that time, toward the the end of my 15-year career, I had started a podcast. And Deb, I fell in love with podcasting. Like I love the community of people. I love just the art of creating with the audio format. And I decided to just go all in on that. So when I left the aerospace industry, I moved into podcasting full-time. And still to this day, I'm full-time podcasting and software now as well, but both of which are really directed toward other podcasters and podcast guests. And I absolutely love it. So I've just been having a really good time in the podcasting space, watching it grow and being part of it and serving people however I can. How long have have you been podcasting? You know, I started a podcast that failed. And I think that that was like seven years ago. And then about five years ago, I really got into it. And then the show that really took me full time, I started three and a half years ago or something like that. And those timelines could all be terribly wrong. For some reason, I can't seem to have, I can't maintain a good concept of time anymore, Deb. But it's about it's about that <laughs> range as we're recording this. No, got you. Uh, so interesting your journey, and I had no idea about the uh, space backgrounds. Um, like I said, I was not an astronaut. So you say space, I sat behind a computer on Earth. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still cool. I got to. Have you ever uh, gone? Oh, you live in Florida. Where are you? Where are you at? Where, I forget where you're calling from. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Florida. I know what you're going to ask. Have I been down to the space center? Right. It's yeah. like an hour and a half for me. I've never been. Um, really. I know I need to change that. Maybe after recording this, you know what? This might be the motivation I need to be able to say I've gone, but I've not gone to that before. 
Well, I'll tell you, I went last April uh, to Cocoa Beach. I did a week down in Cocoa Beach, and we, I really had a good time at the Space Center and just learning about that and seeing, like, standing in front of all of these amazing, humongous things and walking underneath them and stuff. So cool. So if anybody shout out to Cocoa Beach, <laughs> <laughs> I actually just interviewed people um, from Cocoa Beach um, for a client project, oh, okay. which is wow. really random. <laughs> yeah. Small world, right? But like the uh, the people who were um, in communications in the government, in the local governments there, we were doing a project and I interviewed them and how they get out the word on social media about when they have different things going on. But anyway. Very cool. Okay. Nonetheless, so glad to hear about where you're from and lots of background experience here. And I know we talk a lot about community on this podcast, but I wanted to kind of get an idea from you on some of the journey that you've had, because besides being a podcaster, you've done, you have a platform that's called Podmatch. So tell me a little bit about some of the other projects that you've uh, been a part of over the last few years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, I I am going to mention that community is at the core of all of it. And that's one of the things I love about the Community Strategy Podcast is the fact that it really is the strategy that I think you have to have in today's world. When I started podcasting initially, I just didn't focus on the community side. I didn't like want any way to be contacted. It was just something I thought I'd do. And then out of the woodworks, people are like figuring out how to contact me. I'm like, shoot, I need to put these people together, right? Like we need to all get together. And through that is what enabled me to do the other things I've done in podcasting that you're asking about now is through the art of community. The very first things I did was was created a Mighty Networks profile, uh, which is the, the social media platform I use. And Deb, you're familiar with that. I know that you're really good at that platform. And a quick shout out, actually, you had episode uh, one, one six, or sorry, it was just 64, episode 64. It was a bonus. And you had it with Jane and Jessica, both from Mighty Networks, a really insightful episode. As someone who has used Mighty Networks for years, I found that very helpful. So um, if anyone's thinking about building a community, you should go listen to that first. But anyway, sorry, I, I digress. Going back into that. So basically, I just started asking this community of people, how can I help? What can I do? And one of the things that first thing that came out of it was a, a service called Podmatch. I realized that podcast guests and hosts were both coming to me. The guest often wanted to be on the show. The host wanted to learn from somebody just a little bit further along than them in podcasting. But I, I was realizing that all these people are here. They're asking about each other. How can they com- communicate, collaborate? And that was when the idea for Podmatch came into being. And uh, other things happened, obviously. Like I had to validate it was a real idea. I, I tested it even at a, a conference that I went and spoke at. But anyway, yeah, the whole point is I realized there was a need for something like a dating app, but in the podcasting space. So instead of connecting people for dates, it's like connecting people for podcast interviews, guests and hosts all based off all the, the interests they might have. And that ended up being a really big success. And then we just kept the community side of it going. From that community, we realized, hey, they have more needs. People want a project management software as well to help them release podcast episodes. And those are the, the main services we have right now. But we have plans to launch at least one or two more by the end of this year that we're learning that people want from our community. So that, at the end of the day, is the absolute core of everything that we do. Yeah, that's really interesting. So tell us, I, I'm on, I'm familiar with Podmatch and I kind of get how it works, but can you go through a little bit of an explanation on like how people benefit as either a podcaster or a guest, like what the specific benefits are to your platform? Yeah, sure. Thanks for, for asking that. First off, you're going to find good guest or good host, right? That's that's the the core functionality of it. everything else is a bonus. Like if we can make that introduction, as you know, Deb, like that's that's the win. But the, one of the things we did is we're, when again, going to our community, we're realizing there was continuous questions along the same lines of how can I get these guests to send me their pictures and to send me their bio? 
and to send me their social media links. And I can't tell which ones, right? There's all these questions around like, do they have an actual bio? Where do they want me to send people? And what I discovered, I knew nothing about this uh, transparently, let me tell you that, Deb, but it's called a media sheet. So something that basically has all of these details in it so that when people don't have to ask you questions anymore. So inside of Podmatch, guests have a media one sheet more or less. It's their profile. Hosts have something very similar. And on the host side, what it shows is just all about the audience, who it's going to reach, who it's for, what it's about, like really diving into all those things. So basically the idea is, yes, you can message on Podmatch's platform, but you shouldn't have to ask any of those questions anymore. It should be able to just get straight into, can we do this together? Is it going to work? Is it going to help people? And that was really the goal of that. So that's one of the big functionality pieces we wanted. The other thing is just the back and forth with the calendar. I mean, if you've ever played like calendar Tetris, or I should call it calendar battleship, it is so bad when you're like, how about this date and time? Nope. How about this date and time? Nope. You know, like just back and forth. And so we just basically integrated people's popular calendar systems, like a Calendly type of thing. Basically, it's, it's built right in. And so you can mirror all that inside of Podmatch as well. Once again, the whole idea, getting those ideal guests and hosts together, but making the whole process as seamless and simple as we possibly can. Yeah. And it really is as far as like me having profiles, I need to go and update my profiles because you were talking about, I just went through a rebranding with the community strategy podcast. And so I actually need to go update my guest or my host page, but I've, I've had guests. And in fact, there's some guests uh, recently that just were um, matched through, through your service. Oh, that's and great. I found a lot of really, uh, really interesting people and, and have met people that are really inspirational through, through that service. And you have a new feature now. So there's a, there's a free version, like the version we're talking about right now is the free version, right? Yeah. This stuff will be on any version. So yes. Yep. But there's a secondary version, right? There's like a pro version. There's now a standard and professional version. So yeah, they're they're And they're both going to have similar functionalities. Uh, the professional version is just going to add a little bit more analytics and things like that for people to be able to see. Um, and as we roll more of those out, we try to get them evenly distributed across both like platforms and stuff like that. Just basically, if you are somebody who's really wanting to get a lot of guests, so example, we find the daily podcast hosts, the people that do daily shows, which by the way, Deb, it, that's crazy, right? Like, uh, can you imagine doing it? Oh my God, I can't even, <laughs> I can't. I mean, I went, I was doing weekly and that was too much. And so we went to bi-weekly. Right. Um, I can't imagine people, but you know what? I know people that do it daily and you know what? They have a team. <laughs> right. It's, it's true. They do. <laughs> if somebody have a, has a daily podcast, they definitely have enough money to have somebody like a team of people that are helping them. Right. So, so my point in mentioning that, uh, I, I love that. I don't know how they do it, but they're the people that upgrade to pro on the host side because they just need a lot of people coming through. Like they need the numbers. And then on the flip side, you've got the people that just released a book. They have a new online course. They've got some new product or service they're trying to promote. Those are the people that upgrade to the professional account. Um, we don't like discriminate based on regular, right? Like if you're going to be a standard or a professional, it doesn't make a difference to us. Uh, whatever is best for people's needs. And that's why we've always had two, we've, we've had two different plans on Podmatch. Yeah, super interesting. And then I wanted to learn a little bit more about your management system because I'm not at all familiar with that. So tell me a little bit more about that and how that works. Sure. This one is my baby, um, Podcast SOP. And SOP just stands for Standard Operating Procedures. Basically something that I discovered, once again, diving into the community, like I, I cannot, I cannot say that enough, like being in community with podcasters or whoever your ideal client may be, is the best thing you can do. And for me, as I was diving in, I started realizing early on in Podmatch that podcast guests were staying on the platform, but hosts were leaving. So they would just go inactive. And so I, I, at first I was like, man, I wonder if it's not working for them. Like what's wrong? So I started reaching out and I said, is there something we could have done better to keep you? 
And every single time I heard the same thing. Oh, I stopped my podcast. That's why I'm not on there anymore. It, and then people were like, your, your service was great. I just had to stop. And so I continuously heard that at first, Deb, I didn't dive into what that meant. Like I didn't ask like, well, why did you stop podcasting? Which was my, my fault. I just was kind of like, oh, sorry to see you go. Uh, but then I was like, you know what? I'm curious. I need to start asking these people why they're all leaving. And you know this, but in podcasting, it's a very high failure rate. Like most people do not continue podcasting. As it stands right now, there's about 2.5 million podcasts like on, let's use Apple as an example or Spotify. They're about the same, but there's only just over 400,000 active podcasts. So that should tell you about how many people aren't continuing to podcast. And a, a large portion of those are the legacy podcasters that have been in it for 10 plus years. New podcasters that are staying in the game is less than 10% right now. And I learned that when I started, like when I had the decision to build Podcast SOP, the second biggest problem people had, the number one was a, a false expectation. They thought they're going to get really rich. They thought they're going to become famous, right? And if people stop because of that, that's, that's okay. I understand. Um, but the second thing was the stress, as you just said, like it's a lot of work, like the stress or the lack of organization that comes with it. Like it's tough. And at first I just started saying, Hey, use Asana. Hey, use Basecamp. Hey, use this project management software. Cause those are project management tools. The problem is Deb, when I did that, people started saying, I'm even more overwhelmed now because this service that you just sent me does 20,000 different things. Now I got to learn this too. Right. And that's true. If you haven't used them, then it's not a good solution. So basically what we decided to do long story short with, with podcast SOP, this service only helps podcast hosts release episodes on time. They build their own checklist. It automatically populates every time they're going to do a new episode. They hit add new episode. It pops up in order based on what they say they do. And if they have team members, they can add team members. They can comment if they want to. They can add due dates. They can upload files. Basically, the idea is the only thing we're going to help you do is get your episodes out on time and alleviate some of the stress that's involved. And that's exactly what it's, it's been doing for people. We're really excited about it. I really love that because some of the things that I really found helpful for me to find calm and <laughs> my business is about finding right. calm and, and helping others find calm. And one of the things that I learned in my journey was how to really create these standard operating procedures and processes. And what I needed to do was write down everything that I do, like for step-by-step -step of something so that when I have an assistant, then I can just say, here's how I do this thing. And one, two, three, four, five. But I wasn't, I'm finally getting to that like a year and a half later. So now I'm really working on that. And I have a system that I've been using for about a year and I use Trello and um, with oh, my- Trello is um, great. I love Trello. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a tr Trello. Well, this will come out after this, but I have a Trello workshop that we're hosting in the Fine Calm Here community nice. this week um, because I feel like it's such a great tool to companion with your community tasks and figuring out that. And I've actually used it for the podcast. So I've put up, you know, when somebody, because it's the workflow of like, how do you structure it? So like when I, um, I have a card for when I have somebody that books an interview and when we receive, I have a Google drive to organize their, um, photo and their copy, but you're right. A lot of the times it's a pain in the butt because I love people. I love people, but sometimes <laughs> it's like, Hey guys, can you send me the bio? And I, one time I asked somebody three times and I'm like, okay, if they don't get back to me, that's their thing. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I'm like, it's my podcast. Like, why am I being so like, please come on my podcast. I that was a long time ago. But yeah, I learned things a, have changed. a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot of stuff about podcasting. And that's just one of them. You have to have a system and you just do the system. So I'm improving my system every time. But I love that you have something simple that's easy 
that people can really use and customize. So it's super important. So it sounds like that's another great uh, tool that you're creating for podcasters, which is desperately needed, like to get that calm that we right. all strive to be um, through processes, because the more organized and the more structured we can be, I feel like that's how we feel like, okay, things are going to be all right, because I've got a plan. And it doesn't all have to be done today. The biggest other thing that I've I found, I'll just throw this other tip in about finding calm is the structure that you create because if you are able to break a big project up into little tasks and then say, you've got, this is the biggest thing I work with clients. <laughs> I say, they're like, oh, I have, a, I have to get my community launched by, you know, two weeks from now. I said, okay, all right, well, let's look at that. What are all the steps that we need to do between now and then? And how can we schedule this in each day or each week? Or how is that all going to play out? And we have that conversation. And then we might probably push back that date a little, a little <laughs> right. bit from two weeks to maybe two months or something, depending on the time frame and what's going on. But yeah, breaking the tasks up and finding ways to like um, make little, I have a bunch of little checklists in Trello to like make sure that I'm like thinking about stuff and then having it done right over time so you know that i'm making progress on something i I love that do you still do that now like even though you're like your community is active you still keep up with it like that's how you kind of manage the the day-to-day that you're doing with the community oh yeah because content calendar and um task management and i uh, brought on a executive assistant and so she's been helping me with some creation of content inside the community and there's some back and forth conversation about you know, she's still learning how to like, you know, she's not my brain. She's not me. Right. So right, of course. Yeah. I've been doing all of these things by myself. So now that I'm like kind of letting go of the grip of things, now I'm saying, okay, um, here's some copy and I'm trying to structure it for her and giving her some instructions. And so that's, what's helpful with the Trello is she'll ask me a question and then it'll notify me and say, Hey Deb, can you tell me da 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 da? And then I'll just reply back to her. So like if there's a project we're working on, like a podcast episode she needs to update or edit uh, or post, which is how what she's doing, then I just re- reply back to her if there's something that needs to be changed. Like, for example, recently I got invited to a conference and the person who's leading the conference, the Community Leaders uh, Institute, they gave me a discount code so that if anybody else wanted to come to this, they could use my name, Deb200 at the checkout and they get $200 off. I wanted to add that intro to the podcast. So I like sent her a message in Trello. I said, hey, Kalisa, can you add this little piece to our next episode so that because the episodes we had recorded in January and now this is like February, right? That's kind of one example. (laughs) You know, I I love that. And here's why. I'm sorry if I'm if I'm taking over i'm a podcast host too Deb, i know. As you know so this um, is what happens yeah this is what happens we get <laughs> two, two pod- podcasts we like to ask each other questions but i think it's actually really valuable because you and i have been talking yeah we talked about pod match and podcast sop but we really talked about how it simplifies the process and you talk about how it simplifies your community at the end of the day i i believe this and tell- i'd love to hear what you think but the power of our communities the connectedness of our communities are based off of the systems that we put into place because if it's scatterbrained and random on our end that's kind of the the culture that gets developed in our community. So by you being organized, do you find that your communities thrive more because of that? Yeah, not only organizationally, but just visibility-wise, being really clear about what I'm doing and the purpose, and so that people understand 
why, not only why I'm doing something, but what's the outcome or expectations that I have? Because the more I learned about community, the more it really is about accountability and trust and creating this safe place for people to have a conversation because there's just no safe spaces anymore, like on the general Mm -hmm. social media platforms. And these communities like we have on Mighty Networks allow us to create uh, boundaries and parameters for us to have the safe space. And the more structured and organized we are as a host, we'll allow the members to say, oh, okay, Deb Deb has some structure, Deb has some plans. But I I think there's a balance, right? We don't want to have everything figured out and then like assume that it's all going to go to plan because that usually doesn't pan out too well. Yeah, (laughs) never. So it's just like kind of having a framework or a vision. And then what I always recommend to clients and for what I'm doing myself right now is just reaffirming that. You talked a little bit about asking community members. And I talk a lot about validation and like discovery It's not just at the beginning of your process, like when you figure out that ideal member part of it to figure out your community strategy. It's throughout your your process as a community leader because you constantly have to go back and learn and say, oh, okay, they're saying this is what they need now. And your community members will ebb and flow. So if you're the calm in the storm, if you're the calm in the storm through this whole process and you're just like, okay. I'm struggling right now with the community. So I'm going to like, this just happened. This is an example. So <laughs> This is real life, the, everybody. Real this life. This is real life. <laughs> so all of the things that I thought were going to happen at the end of 2021 with the community did not happen. And so now I'm like trying, and, and then even in January, between January and February, things changed a lot. So what I am constantly, I created something called the Find Calm Here. Our, our community is called the Find Calm Here Community. And what I have created was an insider, find calm here, insider. So just the members of the community get this note once a month for me that says, here's what I'm looking for as the vision for the next month. I would like feedback on X, Y, and Z thing. Because before I spend an hour or a month or whatever working out the next three months of content, for example, which helps me create structure, right? I need to make sure that I'm aligning that with people that are actually in the community participating so that I can then create the content that is going to get consumed. Because the one thing that I was learning a lot about last year was I was creating a lot of content, which is really great, um, but it wasn't being consumed. Hmm. And so I'm really trying to, this year, take the approach of let the members tell me what they need for content wise for like teaching and things. And then otherwise they're going to be the ones providing the content. So I'm going to encourage them as much as possible to share their questions, their links, their resources. And so I've started to highlight those members who are really showing up in our community with a member spotlight. So those are some ways that like I incentivize members to act and participate. That way they're not just, so it's a strategy, but it's also complemented with the actual feedback from members, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. I think that I'm so glad you shared. That. I know it's your podcast, but uh, it, it, I think that that's gonna be so valuable for everybody. And you, you mentioned like asking them the questions. That's something I started doing in, in my community. And I, I realized, Deb, this was interesting. I was asking bad questions, like without meaning to, like my heart was right. And I wanted to know what people wanted, but I was asking in a way that we're a community. They, we, we love each other. We take care of each other, right? We all like each other. I was asking questions the way that if they answered it truthfully, they'd be breaking my heart. And, uh, and I'll, I'll mention what I mean by that. It, it's actually, I learned this, like how to ask better questions from a friend, now a friend, someone who I read a book 
uh, by his name's Rob Fitzpatrick. It was called The Mom Test. Phenomenal book, like one of the most underrated, great books I've ever read. But anyway, the idea was how to ask questions so good that even your mom can't lie to you. And here's why I say that. My, I have a mom that loves me, Deb. Like she, she, she loves me. If I came to my mom today and said, mom, we live in Florida and I have this idea for an umbrella that doesn't block the sun and it won't stop the rain from hitting your head. I think I want to take it to market. What do you think, mom? She'd go, oh, honey, you are going to be successful no matter what you do. I think it's a great idea. Go for it. You and I, Deb, know that that is a terrible idea. All I'd have to do is say, hey, mom, what if there was an umbrella? Like, get this, mom, hold on. Let me ask you a question. What if there's an umbrella that stopped, didn't stop the rain and didn't block the sun out? What do you think would happen with a product like that? Now my mom can be like, that's the worst idea I've ever heard because I pulled myself out of the equation. And I think that when we're asking questions or our communities, this is something, again, that I've learned. You have to ask the right questions in a sense that they don't feel like they're going to break your heart, but makes it feel like that we're in this together, figuring out a solution. Since I've learned to do that, my community has gotten so much stronger. And it's actually how I'm planning on designing future products for people. Because now I'm able to ask something in a more collaborative sense versus just, hey, guys, here's what I'm doing. What do you think? And then the ones that love me are like, uh, it's good, Alex, whatever you think, right? I'm asking in a way that's saying, hey, we're all in this together. Let's all come up with a solution that's going to work for the greater good of the community. Right. And putting them in the forefront of the question is really pivotal, I feel like, to gaining people's um, time and engagement um, and, and get, you know, if your goal is to have them respond, p proposing them with a question, that seems to be the thing that makes the most sense for mm. me um, when you're asking them, does this product solve your problem? Like, is this going to, I actually just did discovery with Agora Pulse, which is a social media management platform. And I worked with the director of product uh, for a new um, product that they're gonna be launching this year to help uh, social media managers uh, deal with the challenges around Google Analytics. And we interviewed 10 different people who are uh, various regions of the, the world and in various stages of community, or sorry, um, social media management. And they all responded differently to what engagement means to them. And they all responded that at some level, even people that were highly certified in Google Analytics had no idea how to use Google <laughs> Analytics because it was so incredibly confusing. That makes me so, feel better, by the way. Because I, right? I, I open it up, I'm like, nope. I just close it right back down. <laughs> Everybody that we interviewed, that's so interesting, right? Everybody that we interviewed that has a title as a social media manager has struggled in some capacity with all of these metrics that are being asked to to resolve. So uh, Goropulse is saying, hey, maybe our product would help. And then they're asking, are these the challenges you are actually having? Like, do you have challenges with understanding <laughs> Google uh, Analytics? Or how do you measure your social media today? And half of them are like, I don't even, you know, some of them said we don't we don't specifically measure social media metrics in the way that you're asking us to define them. So it's just really fascinating what first of all, language people use, they're all differently. So when you're talking to community members or asking them questions, establishing a language in the community is part of your like community culture guide mm, that they yeah. talk about with Mighty Networks sometimes. So um, just having on the same page with what you mean by uh, engagement, as an example, um, that means many things to many, dif many different things to many people, but being more clear in your community about asking specifically instead of saying, you know, I'm looking for more engagement or something, you could say, I'd love for to hear some stories about how your podcast is impacting the world. Hmm. 
It's great. That's an entirely different question. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And how are you getting, what's your podcast engagement look like? Right. Very different. Right? And I, I would answer the second, like the second question, the first one, like of how's your podcast doing? I wouldn't answer, but tell me the story about how it's impacting the world. I would take the time to answer that personally. I think that that's a really insightful question. Yeah. So just, uh, I, I love the idea of just re rephrasing questions. I want to try to ask you, I know we're, we're getting short on time. Um, but I wanted to check in with you to see if you could share a little bit about your journey as far as what brought you to Mighty Networks and how you, we'd like to do a little talk about the platform sometimes when I have somebody on here that's on Mighty yeah. Networks. Yeah. So first off, I'm going to go back to my early community building days. So I had that aerospace job. There wasn't a lot of community building there. It was big corporate. But on the side, I was very involved with my local church and I got asked to lead their small group ministry. Um, I knew nothing about it. We didn't have one. So they asked, basically said, start the small group ministry. So I started building small groups and, and thankfully it got really successful and it really impacted our city in a really powerful way. I mean, it got big enough to actually impact the entire city. And I was really thankfully part of that. So community stayed with me. Like even after I pass that off to somebody else, it's always been with me as something that I want to cultivate my life. And so I started on Facebook groups. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of them. There's a lot of them. And the controls are kind of, it's just limited, right? It, it's its good for what it is, but it's a, it's a Facebook group. And I was like, this is not how I built an in-person community. There's got to be something online that I can use to mirror what I was doing in person, right? I was like, how can I do this? And I just started doing a random searches. I mean, Deb, I looked, I, I looked for weeks. I'm not exaggerating. Like every day I spent a little bit, maybe like an hour a day looking around and finally found Mighty Networks. And I'm telling you, the second I found it, I was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. In my mind, I know there's some other great community platforms out there. I still think nothing is even close to comparing with what Mighty Networks does. So that was my introduction to it. And I just started it. And I invited some friends. I'm like, hey, we're all disconnected now because we're all over the world. We've all moved. Let's all chat in here. And that's really how I got my start with it was just learning the tools through, I don't know, like a more of a guerrilla method, right? Just like trying it and being like, oh, what does this button do? Oh, I just deleted it, right? Like, and just testing things out. But that was my introduction to it was a lot of searching. And when I finally found it, I knew that that was the home I was looking for because it most mirrored what I was doing in person. Yeah, I really like that. And the implement, and it's transformed. You've been a Mighty Networks host for how long? When did you start your Mighty? It's probably been close to four years. And yes, it's changed actually changed over a lot, time. Yep. Right? Yeah, a has, lot of changed. new features, even in the last year. Two rebrand, two phone rebrands. Yep. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, feature currently that that you really feel like has been valuable for you? What I really love, I mean, there's, there's so many things I like about it, but I, I like the fact that you can set up a group and in that group, you can have its own events, its own topics. So basically you can have like the main network, right? And then you can break it into sub networks. And that's how we've started running our virtual events, like quarterly. We run it through Mighty Networks now. And we just started a group. And then basically, that's where people sign up to attend the event. And from there, they're able to do all those things. But it's been, it's been a really cool thing. So I think that the group feature, I think, is very, very powerful. Yeah, I w attended your event. So I'm in your community and mm -hmm. I um, have been trying to get to uh, events. Some of them recently have collided with my own events, but uh, a couple of months ago, I was really active with some of your events and hopefully will be in the future. And I loved this quarterly event that you did. I think it was so powerful. There were so many great speakers. Um, it had to have been quite the uh, endeavor on the back end, I'm guessing, just because of the lineup. But I loved how you structured it in Mighty. And I wanted to, if you, if you could kind of go through that process with everybody on the back end, maybe share a little bit about how that worked for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, and yes, it was a lot of work. But now I can say it's with, we're going to do it quarterly. It's a quarterly event. So we'll have second, third, fourth quarter, right? We'll start the year over. Here's the thing. 
it now it's pretty easy. Like the next one I do is going to be just a fraction of the work. It was just learning it just like anything else. Right. And so I, I don't use, I use a third party webinar tool. So I, I went with, it's called Demio. I think is how you say it. Um, I'm, I'm just guessing there, but Demio basically is where the webinar took place, but we create the events inside of a group in our mighty networks. And then inside that group, basically you could click the link. It would take you, redirect you into the webinar when that, when that specific event was getting started. So we had the whole lineup built in different in different events. So like, again, you go to the events page within that group and you could see, okay, here are the 13 different events happening today. You could RSVP to the ones you want. When you click into it, you could open up the webinar link, which again, took you to Demio. But we also had like the, the chat. So we made it like open public chat in that spot. People could post their questions and stuff along the way. We had all the replays available there. But basically, yeah, it was a lot of administration getting it set up. But once it was set up and now moving forward, it's gonna be very simple for us to do. But I think it was really powerful the way we made separate events for each thing. I think that that really resonated well with people because it required some action. It wasn't, here's a Zoom link, sit there all day. It was, no, here is your specific event. When you're done, find the next one you want to go to. And we had two tracks up at the same time, one for guests, one for host. And a lot of people were our guests and hosts. So they were able to like leave one and then go to the other track really easily, really fast. All in all, it went really well. We got good feedback from it. Yeah. It, yeah. I thought it went really well and I really enjoyed and I liked both the tracks and then you have access to the recordings then um, mm -hmm. as well. So like if, if I wanted to, and I still haven't gotten into doing some of your courses, which you have some, so your community, tell us a little bit more about your, uh, the community as a whole. Let me go back to that for a second. Sure. Yeah. You referenced like, uh, we referenced the rebrand. So at first it was uh, creating a brand, which was the name of my original podcast. So it was like just the community that went along with that. Again, that was a really powerful thing for me to understand how to get better at podcasting because people were telling me there. And then we went to Podmatch and we launched that service. And then we went to PodPros. PodPros is the organization that's over Podmatch, Podcast SOP, and then future products. Basically, that's like our educational hub, if you will, for podcasting. And so that's kind of been like the transformation of it. And... Um, and what else did you want me to cover in there? I'm sorry. I, I... Oh, just what the what the structure of your community is. It's um you have a free, uh, is it public Mighty Network? I believe or a free. Oh yes, and then Mighty yeah, and then the courses. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think yeah. all the courses are free. They should be. Um, yeah. uh, initially, we had some paid courses. I, I think that we've made everything free at this point. And the idea is again, this is our this is our educational hub for podcasters. Like this is where people can go to learn more about what we do. And um, so, yeah, we, we built it specifically to, to do that. So we wanted the courses to be free. And it, it's been something that's just helped a lot of people who want to get their, their, their foot in, through the door in podcasting or they want to get better at podcast guesting. And we'll, we'll always keep all of our courses free. It's likely that we'll never charge for anything there. It's just an educational piece to help the community out. Okay. And then how does, how does the structure look like or your strategy for going into this year? We're in March of 2022 at this point. Where do you think, uh, have you looked at your community strategy for this year and seeing if it's going to be different from what you've done? Yeah, it's going to need to be, Deb. But like you, I, I need to hire like a community manager at this point. So I'm, I'm needing to make some steps to do that. Uh, we've, we've done a good job at keeping up with the content and keeping up with the people in there, but we really want to, we want to use it to accomplish something together. I know the Mighty Networks team talks about that, like find a common goal and accomplish it together. And we want to get it to that point to become even more powerful. We just currently don't have the manpower for it yet, but we're working on the strategy for that overall. And so right now I'd say it's really just, it's, it's that, it's that um, educational hub, but we want to turn it into something that's actually, we're all growing together and hopefully transforming the industry. What that looks like, I'm going to be transparent with you. I'm not sure yet. We're going to figure that out really quick though, and be very intentional to make that happen. Yeah. And, and thank you um, for sharing that. It's, 
it's just a challenge, right? To do, to wear so many hats sometimes. And, and sometimes you just gotta, you can't do it all at once. Right. We want to, we want to, we want to be like, this is all happening now. And, uh, I tried to do that in 2020 and it didn't turn out so well for me. Yeah. I'm right there <laughs> I with got you. A little, got a little burnt out, uh, at the end of 2020 with trying to host over 30 virtual events, launch my community with a four hour virtual summit and 15 speakers. <laughs> It's a lot of work. <laughs> You're making me tired just by hearing that. <laughs> but what I've learned a lot since then, right, to keep it more simple. So, yeah. Um, and, and it's exciting. I think accountability is the and working together to transform is is one of the biggest differences that I see with people who start Mighty Networks and, you know, members that join a Mighty Network Um it's an intentional choice, like Jessica had mentioned in that other episode. And it's also something that it's the growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. For example, Carol Dweck's, Dweck's book, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her um, growth, growth mindset book, but she talks about these uh, people who have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And um, people who are into self-development or uh, self-improvement or, or just being more aware, like self-aware, um, those people have a growth mindset because they're really interested in like, how can I improve? How can I grow? How can I learn as a human being in this world and, and help other human beings, right? We're all kind of in that mode. So that's what's really great about Mighty in, in, that, in the community aspect of um, it really is an accountability in a small group. Uh, I mean, it's a game changer. It really is because when you have somebody that's in your corner and can give you support and kind compassionate feedback that's going to help you gain strength and wisdom to move forward versus going out on Facebook and saying, hey, everybody, check out my new thing. And then 17 people being maybe not so nice about that. Right. <laughs> you know, something you said early on there, I think is really important to, to hone in on a little bit. You talked about like just keeping it simple. I think that keeping it simple, keeping the main thing, the main thing is, is the most important part. Because if you turn into just another process or structure, you lose the the human feel behind it. And yes, be, we've talked about be organized, get the, get most of the administration out of the way. But at the end of the day, you've got to be there being human. And the way that you share, the way you show up is going to set the tone, is going to set the culture for the entire community. And, and I think that that's just a really important thing. So for me, even thinking about this year, the constant reminder I have to, to say is to keep it simple, right? Keep the main thing, the main thing. And remember, at the end of the day, it's for us all to grow closer together and to further the the industry, not for me to have 10 really great posts every month, right? Like at the end of the day, it's like, is this helping? Is it driving forward? How can I make this just really simple for everybody involved? Uh, so I'm glad you touched on that because I think it's a really important point. Well, and and you just said something too. It's just, a, it's it's not a, always about the host. It's about the members. And, right, yes. And, so, and constantly asking them, but also... Um, you know, I've seen people that have complained about certain money networks that overpromote. You know, hmm. if you're an organization and you're just basically spamming your members, they're not going to stay. They're no. not going to stay. <laughs> they're just not going to be like, okay, I, this is what I get on Facebook, <laughs> you know? Right. So giving, it's about value and giving back. So I love that. That's a really a, a core of everything that you're working on with Pod Pros, And it's exciting to hear about that. Um I also want to say I met Mark uh, Savia through your yes, quarterly yeah. event, I believe, and I'm in his podcast um, mastermind group. Oh, which great! He, He's brilliant, so smart. 
he's great and he just he was on patreon and he moved to buddy networks oh wow which is great that is really cool yeah, uh, so and because I was talking to him about it and we were yeah. in a call and he was like, oh, I don't I didn't know that Patreon, you couldn't do certain things. And he goes, I think we have to go to Mighty." And then they go, I wish there was a platform. And I had talked about Mighty in our call. <laughs> Good and job. The people, on the, pod, the people on the podcast or, or on the mastermind were like, well, you should contact Deb because she just talked about Mighty Networks. It sounds like we should go there. Right. <laughs> That's, oh, man. I love that you had that opportunity. So, That's good. And, and he's, again, so he's funny. a legend. So it's cool that you just helped him up his up his game a little bit. That's a really cool thing. He just invited me on this podcast, too. So I'm excited Very cool. about that. I'm getting, I'm getting out there now, Alex. I'm getting on other people's podcasts, OPS, OPS <laughs> other people's stages. Yep. I love it. Um, so working on that. I took a, a course called stage, stage to Scale. Have you ever heard of that? I've actually not. No. Okay. It's a course. It's an eight-week course I took back in 2020 to learn how to become a better speaker and to get on other people's stages to build a business and because that's how you can get your name out there. So I think that's a pivotal point that a lot of people are now kind of like, it's more mainstream now, podcast, because it's so much easier, right? You don't have to like get in a car and like drive somewhere and meet somebody. You can just jump on a Zoom call and do like four interviews a day if you want to (laughs) do. That's a lot, but yes, you could. (laughs) I used to bet that was 2020. That was 2020 when I double booked myself for six or eight hours. God bless you, Deb. <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you, but I'm glad that you've learned. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, well, thank you so much, Alex. Great to have you here. Uh, for anybody who's listening, uh, tell them where they can find the best place for them to connect with you and, and find you. Yeah, sure. Thank you again for having me. This is honestly an honor to be here. For me, everything I do is at that hub that we just referenced, PodPros, and that's podpros.com. You can find any anything we talked about here today, anything about me, it's all in that one spot. So podpros.com. But Deb, I love what you're doing here with the Community Strategy Podcast. Like You are such a good host. I've been enjoying listening to it. Uh, love everything you're doing. So I recommend your listeners hang here with Deb. She's really taking everyone places. Oh, thank you so much. Such a compliment. And you're doing so many great things. Uh, are you going to PodFest, by the way? I will be there in person. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we just did a virtual high five. No one could see it. <laughs> we did a virtual high five. Yes. Um, I just got invited to be a speaker on the Pe- Petra something. Petra Kucha. Have you ever done yes. that before? No. That Can I scare you or should I just say nice I'm things? I'm super nervous, but say I, whatever you want. So I have... I don't know how many stages I've been on. I've spoken a lot. Pecha Kucha is the most intimidating form of, of speaking, if you ask me. It'll make you a really great speaker if you can do one. They're super difficult. I've only done it one time. If I had the opportunity, though, I'd do it again. But it it's probably the only speaking that scares me. My hands sweat when I'm about to start. But uh, you are going to do great, Deb. You are going to crush it, and I'm going to be there supporting you. I'll be in the front row. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, well, thank you, Alex. Uh, thank you so much. And everybody listening, uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure you check out uh, PodPros and reach out to Alex if you have uh, a need or if you're a new podcaster or maybe a guest, make sure you get on PodMatch uh, and set, we'll have some links in the show notes so that you can check all that out. Uh, until the next time, I hope you are finding a little bit of calm in your day, evening, morning, or afternoon. Take care. Until the next time, see you later. Have a great day. Bye.